Yep. Or we'll just crack a Coors. Yeah. Coors Light. That's space themed. It's silver. Yeah. It looks like a space yeah. spaceship. That's what I had on the day of the eclipse at 9 a.m. Yeah. Yep, me too. Yep. Can't beat it. Eclipse on Tap, the podcast where we talk about eclipses of all kind and space in general. This is episode 15, and I'm one of your two co-hosts, Matt, and with me this Sunday afternoon is other co-host, David. Hello, everybody. Episode 15. Yep. And uh, we're crazy. once again um, doing a little little brunch episode again. Mm-hmm. We uh, very much enjoyed the last one, so we, uh, we thought we'd do another the brunch edition. Um, it's kind of a cool little switch up from uh, what we're used to. So yeah, yeah, doing like a Sunday afternoon type uh, recording then rather than like an evening evening session. So mm-hmm. but yeah, episode fifteen is crazy. Yeah, well, halfway to twenty. I've got my bloody mary here. <laughs> More than halfway to twenty. More than halfway to twenty. Yeah, <laughs> fifteen is uh, not halfway to twenty. Five away. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, we got Bloody Marys here with, uh, what's the mix called? Mr. and uh, Mrs. T's? Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. T's spicy... Uh, bold. Bold bold and spicy mix. Um, it was pretty good. Uh, good little Sunday treat, you know, after uh, after a Friday of bowling and yep. Friday night of bowling and all that, but um, I like it. It's a good little switch up to what we've been doing at NASCAR, so... Yeah, for sure. But... Yeah, so um, it's... Uh, Another t- towards the end of the month episode. It's been yeah. a busy month, but we're getting it getting it out um, in time before the end of November. Yeah, and uh, spitting them out. Yeah, hopefully everybody had a great Thanksgiving. We we sure yeah. did. Yeah, some great we, food shared. We did. We had uh, had a good feast over at the uh, race chaser dad's house, and um, yeah, we I was in a coma most of the day after that, but. That was uh, that was a good meal, but yeah, it was good to see everybody. Good to hang out and um, smoked turkey this year. Smoked turkey, so we they they switched it up this year, um, which was really good. It was but, very good, not dry at all. Um, no, no, very Moist. good. And that's usually the case. With seems like that's if you get your own and cook your own turkey, it seems like it's pretty dry. But yeah, we had a good time Thanksgiving. Had a lot of booze uh, oh, yeah. and food. It was good. Yeah, so. Celebration. Um, looking forward to. We got the uh, next round of holidays coming up and all that, so it'll be. Looking forward to that, but uh, work's been busy, life's been busy, uh, but there's been a lot of cool stuff I think still going on in the world of uh, space, um, which we have a, a, a little list of things we'd like to talk about today, but for sure, um, yeah, it is a busy time right now. Well, and we finished up our. Uh, first half of our bowling league we did so that's another thing that we, we did this month but so bowling is on yeah. a bowling at least on league is uh on a hiatus for well pretty much through till the end of the new year yeah i think january 7th is when it starts back up yeah and that will be uh that'll be a nice little break what well, has been a nice break and we've been a couple times in between just to keep our form so to speak and yeah keep practicing but um what, what uh Whatever form I have, yeah. Well, you're know. off of, coming off of IR. So. Yeah, yeah. Injury reserve. Yep. So yeah. you'll you'll be back in action. Yep. 
And um, yeah, so we'll be anxious to get back going on bowling, and we'll we'll see where we're at in the standings. I think we were either in second or first before the end of the break there. Yeah. Um, getting pretty close, tied up with the Polish Falcons, old ladies. Yeah. Uh, they're they'll get you. They'll get you. They know how yeah. to they know how to work it. The last uh, last time we played them, it was yeah we uh, we lost the first game and then. Um, the second game we we dominated and then they just came from nowhere. Yep. On that third game, and as soon as you us. think you have them, <laughs> right? When you think you have them, they get you. They get you. Yep. So they're like a bunch. Gotta of watch them. out for those old ladies, but uh, yep. Especially in the bowling league, but we'll be ready for the second half. I have faith. I think we'll be yeah. doing just. And we fine didn't. We didn't have a full team until week five, I think. Yeah, week five or six, I think it was. But yeah, so it's so. so only a. Uh, uh, the first quarter of the season, we were only three of us. Yeah. Um, so we'll be our full team of four, rolling strong yeah. in, uh, in the coming weeks. But, yeah, space has been busy uh, as far as the news is concerned, so this is going to be a good um, episode. And I think that I'm, I'm kind of glad that we waited a little bit later because there's a lot more news that developed over the course of the month Yeah. Um, that we would have probably not been able to tackle until episode 16. Yeah. Um, but first place to start, really, I think it would be like what we talked about was our little review of the first man movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. We were just about to see it at the release of episode fourteen. I think we were going to see it that next day or something. Yeah. Or next week. And uh, yeah, we saw it with uh, Race Chaser Dad and your brother Nathan and and John John yeah. from uh, from the Eclipse Pilgrimage. Yeah. And so our little crew went went over to the theater. Um, that was a good day to see it too, because it was really cheap tickets. Yeah, yeah, and it was. I think it was like this. It's was still like the first couple of weeks that it was at the theater. Yeah, but yeah, it was only was, six dollars yeah. for a ticket. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a good night to see it. Um, we saw it on like a Monday or Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, um, finally found a night that everybody was able to go. But. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was good. Like, I was a little skeptical. Just there was so much. Uh, there's a little bit, I guess, of like negativity from other from people online, like reviews. Yeah. But I think the overall like reviews online were really good. Um, so. Yeah, the really, critic the critics liked it. For yeah. Sure. Really wasn't sure what to expect, but I I really liked it. I think it was a good movie. It was definitely, um, you know, it wasn't so much like. A movie about like NASA or something like that, but it was more or less like a a movie about like his life, like Neil Armstrong's life and all that. So that's yeah. why I think there's a lot of you know there's more focus on his personal life than there is actually on like the different uh, missions. I mean, there there's still focus on the missions he went on, but there's more focus on like his home life too. Yeah, for sure. And like things like that that were going on, which was I think pretty good, you know, because it kind of yeah, it was unique. It kind of was a different um, away from the norm of the typical space documentary or space movie. It was more of a biopic about yeah. Neil Armstrong, from his struggles with his family life to what he had to overcome with. Uh, well, I won't. I guess I won't give it away if if you haven't if you don't know about Neil Armstrong's life, but some of the really major struggles he had to overcome, some tragedy tragedy in his family. Yeah. Um, which. Uh, yeah, it was interesting to see some of that stuff I didn't didn't quite know all the details of. So 
thought they did a good job. Ryan Gosling actually did a very good job. He's becoming yeah. quite the method actor these days. Really kind of... Um, he's doing a good job of making you feel like you're actually watching someone else, not yeah. him, you know? Yeah. Um, which I think at the core of what a method actor is, is that's kind of their goal. So he did a great job with that. I wouldn't be surprised if he... Maybe not, I'm not saying like an Oscar, but probably get some sort of award for that. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely, definitely well done. And I have really haven't seen many movies with him in it, so I would. That's the other thing. I was like, ah, uh, you know, I, I I knew who he was, but I didn't know how good it would he would you know be in that a role like that. So it was definitely, um, you know, I was pleasantly surprised um, just at how well like the movie progressed. You know, they touched, I think, just the right amount of time on each thing. And then, um, and I think maybe the, the ending was maybe a little, abrupt. little, a little abrupt, but that's about it. You know, like other than that, I think, they, I think they kind of like, uh, cause again, it wasn't like a movie about Apollo 11. It was a movie about Neil. You're so right. they kind of, I think rushed through the Apollo 11. There wasn't a huge emphasis on other than like, obviously that's like they spent a lot of time just on the landing portion. Yeah, the, but, climax, the climax of the movie. Yeah, the, the, like the preparation um, and the build-up towards Apollo 11, there wasn't really a ton of time spent on that. It was more or less, um, they kind of like showed the key points, and, and then, you know, obviously they showed the progression through all of Apollo. Um, you know, the major, major issues that you know, with Apollo 1 and all that kind of thing. So they, they did touch on all that kind of stuff, but they, um, I think, uh, you know, like I said, it wasn't meant to be, it wasn't like a movie like Apollo 13 where it was right. just about the mission. I think if they would have spent a lot of time on that, on just the mission and the, the trip to the moon and all that kind of stuff, they would have, they would have dragged the movie on for another hour. <clears throat> so I think it was good. The way I think they spent the right amount of time on everything. Good balance, yeah. yeah. They did a nice job of making it um, era specific too, as far as the actors were concerned. Like his wife um, in the movie is like very much looks like his what his wife looked like in real life. Yeah. And I think everyone did a good job with that. The yeah. which is similar to Apollo thirteen. They did yeah. a good job doing era specific acting in that. And then um, the scenes in space were really good. They did a really good job I thought of making it making the realism of the actual spacecraft um, showing like the how rickety some of that stuff was I mean yeah. it was obviously well built um, and tested through and through but it gives you a better better appreciation for the for the spacecraft I guess yeah and for the dudes that went up in it seeing all the rivets and the some of the things that they decided to highlight. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was good. No, I I thought so. Even like, um, even the you know, spacesuits and you know the dashboard and the capsules and all that. Like everything yeah. looked really true to what it was actually what it was. So, and yeah. I even I think the the coolest thing, which a lot of people actually haven't have this been I think a little bit of negativity on not necessarily really negativity, but. People have been critical on just the close-ups and the shaking of the camera. Yeah. But I think that I actually kind of like that because it, it kind of stresses you out a little bit because mm -hmm. you almost feel like you're there and you're experiencing it. So I think it actually was a positive thing. It was good for that movie. Um, yeah. I think like, because I wondered how they were going to 
capture like the uh, Saturn V launch. Yeah. I wasn't really sure. Like on the, in the earlier in the movie, they captured a few other launches, and then uh, that you know, like the first one that he was actually on, that one was like you're sitting there and you're kind of like almost kind of fidgety and you're kind of like nervous. Yeah. And then I was a little bit, you know, I was like not really too sure what they were going to do with the actual Saturn V launch, but I thought that was really good too. I, th- I think they did a really good job at like making it, I mean, I'm making you feel like that's what you would, it would be like to be on a Saturn yeah, V for sure. I'm getting ready for launch. But so all of that was done really well. And I, I think if they would have like done poorly with that, like with the actual, like, details yeah then that would have been really bad for because all the people that are going to see that are the people who are fans of apollo and all that yeah, so they would have, it would have been very very bad if they would have tried to you know throw some you know cgi made up yeah cgi kind of stuff in it but um i thought it was good yeah the gemini scene was really good too um where you know there were some issues with their with their flight and in orbit and that shaking scene where it was kind of whipping around and the yeah. camera's whipping around and shaky. I liked it too because it made you feel, it actually like made you feel anxious. Yeah. Made you feel stressed out and actually like he wasn't going to make it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they, I think that was good because there was some complaints I felt like from people. Yeah. It was too felt, shaky. Yeah, too shaky and it got you too dizzy. But I guess if you had maybe yeah. a... a a tendency to become motion sickness or something you might get a little bit dizzy yeah seeing it but but hey then i guess maybe uh, maybe, maybe you're not meant for space not then. meant to not cut out for the yeah cinema adventure but cinematic adventure um yeah. yeah overall though i think it was good good movie i'll definitely be buying it on you know blu-ray or something like that yeah absolutely it's definitely worth buying um yeah i don't think like long term I don't know that it was as good as um, Apollo 13, right? But um, I think it was still very, very well done, and mm-hmm. I almost would like to see uh, a behind-the-scenes thing of how they did some of the some of the weightlessness and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, because those were so, really accurate. Yeah, those were definitely accurate. It wasn't. That's one of the things, like in the movie The Martian, they definitely did a lot of CGI weightlessness, which looks kind of tacky. Yeah, but. Uh, in Apollo 13, they went in the vomit count and did all that, but right. I would be interested to see what they did in this movie if they did something similar to the vomit comet or what they did. But yeah, because you're right in the Martian. There's the scenes where they're in the big uh, when they're going back out to like, you know, pick them up from Mars and they're yeah. in the, the spacecraft for several months and you see them like ripping themselves through the little portals and stuff. It just looks yeah. it's just something about it. it looks a little bit fake. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that um, it will definitely be a movie I, I'm going to buy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think because it was well balanced between full on space movie and biopic, it appeals to more people than just you know maybe the really in, the really um, space fan type person. Yeah, it appeals to. Uh, I mean, it really is like how how does he handle the tragedies in his life and handles all sorts of different issues. Yeah, definitely. Gives you an appreciation for him. And also kind of like he's he's an interesting guy. Like he yeah. he was he was kind of uh very introverted and very yeah. um very anti social. Yeah. But a bit of like a savant in a way. Yeah. Like where he's got such a talent at one or two things but has issues with his social life. Yeah. Um and relationship life. 
and all that sort of thing. There was some scenes in there that they did a really good job of making that clear. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was well done. So I would I would uh, recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it. Yeah. For one hundred percent certainty, because uh, actually I think it's out of the theaters now. Yeah. But it'll be coming out on Blu-ray pretty soon. Definitely one I want to get on Blu-ray. Definitely. Get that Definitely. little bit of advantage. Hey, maybe even 4K. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, it'll be out soon, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and then the next thing we wanted to talk about was the big NASA InSight um, landing tomorrow. So yep. way back when, I think almost six months ago, yep. we talked about NASA InSight launched from uh, Vandenberg in California on the Atlas V rocket. Yep. It was a little probe that was headed towards Mars and really has is looking to try to drill into the surface of Mars yep. deeper than the little rovers on there have um, that are there now, Curiosity and um, the other rover. Yep. I'm blanking on the name of it. I don't know. Curiosity for sure is one of them. But um, yeah, so it's actually landing tomorrow, which is really exciting. Six months later, it's made its way all the way to the surface of Mars, just about. Yep. And it will be landing in a flat plains region called Elysium Planitia. And uh, apparently that's going to be the best place for it to land. Now, it will be interesting to, to see if it does have to make adjustments. Because I know, uh, obviously we had that giant storm on the whole planet for the whole summer, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think what I read was they have a sonar, it has a sonar capability where it can kind of scan the ground before it lands. Yep. And then if it needs to make adjustments, it can. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think what I read is that they were actually very optimistic on like the conditions. Yeah. It's very plain, calm weather yeah. there right now. So, but they were going to double check, I think on today, the 25th, they were going to check again and just make sure if there's any course correction or anything needed but yeah absolutely um, so very exciting it's supposed to land approximately three o'clock p.m eastern standard time tomorrow monday the 26th of november yeah and you can actually watch the broadcast of the landing live which is pretty um, badass that's going to be really sweet i'm going to do that um, i took the day off so yeah. there you go Online between 2 and 3.30 p.m. is when the broadcast will be occurring. And it's going to be on NASA TV. And it will also be on, what did it say, space.com and NASA's Facebook page. So lots of different outlets for everyone to tune in. Make sure you catch that because it's been you know a long, long time in the making, six months in, in flight just all the way out to Mars. Yeah, yeah. It'll be um, a good, like, that's a, a lot of people are kind of like just a little bit, I think, uh, getting impatient with uh, NASA just because, you know, there hasn't been a ton of stuff, you know, publicized for them lately. Right. But there's a lot of things going on that people don't even know about. Yeah. Unless you really look into it and read, like, different space articles. But, you know, this is one of those things that is happening right now that it, it's a huge deal like you know obviously we're not sending humans there yet but we will be and this is just another small experiment and this isn't a small thing this is this is a huge deal I mean even if it is a robot going to Mars it's a huge deal 
Um, so this is going to be, especially the, with the fact they're going to broadcast everything live. So yeah, so it'll be completing its uh, multi-month journey to the red planet. Um, it will have cruised 301,223,981 miles when it's all said and done, having reached a top speed of 6,200 miles per hour. So, Which is pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It will be... J the NASA's JPL, Jet Propulsion Lab, is the one that is behind all this. Okay. Um, it's going to be descending with a parachute and retro rockets that are working in combination with the sonar to do any slight minor corrections. Even if it's just something like a boulder that wasn't there originally rolled through and the dust storm went kind of awry. Yeah. If they need to make that little six-foot correction or something random, those retro rockets can do so. Yeah. Um, the insight stands for interior exploration using seismic investigations, geodesy, and heat transport. That's what the whole acronym is oh, okay. for insight, and um, it's going to be the first mission to actually study the deep interior of Mars. So that that's pretty cool. It, to know maybe they're going to be able to know a lot more about the planet and the planet's history by having yeah. Done. So this really is a big deal. A little bit deep, deeper dig. Yeah, um, I mean that's the same thing, obviously here on Earth. You know, you can learn more about the age of the planet the further down you go, and what kind of different, you know, weather <clears throat> yeah. and other elements have impacted the planet, all that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, it is even it, water. You never know. For sure, for being yeah. such a relatively small probe, uh, it is going to be accomplishing quite a bit. It's unprecedented. It's not like they're sending another rover out. Mm -hmm. That's just a slight advancement to what Curiosity is. Um, it really is something that's never been done before. Yep. So, it says, It will take two or three months for InSight's robotic arm to set the mission's instruments on the surface. Hmm. During that time, engineers will monitor the environment and photograph the terrain from the front of the lander. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's going to take a long time for it to actually figure out, set itself down, start drilling. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so they have a JPL, the Jet Propulsion Lab, has a indoor Mars sandbox, they call it, which has been sculpted to match the mission's actual landing site. And they have, you know, like a real, uh, real life or actual sized probe there too that they can mess around with. I think that they do the same thing with the rovers yeah, as well. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, really, really cool. I'll be definitely watching. I'll be yeah. watching from work, unfortunately, but still be watching. Yeah, I will be here watching. Um, put it on the TV. It'll be, it'll be really fun to watch. But um, I just really, like, <clears throat> there could be something that they discover from this mission that they weren't anticipating. So Yeah, like an alien bunker. Yeah. Yeah, there could be an alien uh, bomb shelter or something yeah. like that, but you never um, know. Yeah, so it uh, definitely is a huge deal, and um, definitely encourage everybody to pay attention to it and follow along. Uh, once it lands, obviously there's a little bit of a little pause in the action, but uh, when they set everything down and make sure they're set to dip to actually drill and um, do all that, but stay tuned. There'll be uh, definitely. I'm guaranteeing there'll be some, de you know, some big news uh, coming out over the next few months. So yeah, even yeah. if it's just a matter of I'm, the seismic stuff is cool too. They can actually send some seismic 
waves down into the yeah surface and find out all sorts of information about the way the the density of the planet you know they yeah. can figure out all that sort of thing via how those seismic waves come back yeah um to the to the probe yeah yeah really neat mission so that will be coming to its close well not really it's really just starting as far as it being there but the 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 transit and my uh my name's on the boarding pass <laughs> we just went, yeah so we i think i did it actually when we recorded oh did you the last time when we talked about this you could go on nasa insight website and you could plug in your name and your information and all that and you could uh put a board like a virtual boarding pass on yeah where your name is like in the code of the of the probe. I don't so you're know. you're on board. I'm on board. How many yeah. uh, free, frequent flyer miles have you earned? Yeah, let me look. Let me look at my boarding pass. One moment. Go on to AmericanAirlines.com. No, just kidding. my boarding pass. It's printed out too. It looks it's cool. It's it looks like a real boarding pass. Launch site Vandenberg Air Force Base, California, USA. May 2008 was when we left. We are arriving to Elysium Planitia, the plane of ideal happiness, which is what that means apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mars, tomorrow afternoon via the Atlas Five, three hundred one million two hundred twenty-three thousand nine hundred eighty-one frequent fi- flyer miles. There you go. Have been awarded to my boarding pass. Yeah, it's kind of funny. So I'll print this out, post it. You should. Frame that thing. Yeah, NASA Insights' uh, slogan is "Revealing the Heart of Mars," which is very true. Yeah, because the rovers have done a lot for advancing our knowledge of the surface of Mars. Yeah, the types of terrain, what they would see if 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 you, when in when humans go there, they'll have a very good understanding of what everything looks like, thanks to those rovers. Yeah. Uh, previously, it was all just via telescope images and. Speculation. So those have yeah. done a lot to advance the surface level knowledge, but this is digging deep. So we'll yeah. be we'll be following up on it, making sure that we follow the news and bring it to uh, to everybody listening to the podcast over the next few months. Definitely. Um, one of those things that could be easily missed, like you said. A lot of people might be like, "Oh, well, there's no yeah, there's nothing going there's on. There's nothing going on. Well, yeah. yeah, there is. There's a lot going on. Yeah." There's always something going on with the ISS, and people probably even get jaded with that. Like, oh, it's yeah. just the ISS. Yeah. Okay, if you want to get jaded about it, whatever, but this is something that really is uh, unique in many ways. Yeah. So. I think there's, there's uh, and we'll talk about this in the second half, um, but there's a lot of stuff that's just in the works right now, but <clears throat> once it finally happens, it'll be really cool um, and really, really huge. It'll be historical, so... Just gotta hold tight and wait and um, and and wait for the the time because um, this is not something where you just build a rocket real quick and send people up in it and go you know to another planet yeah. or go to the moon. So doesn't work like that. This stuff takes time. So um, and it takes a lot of money. So be patient. But uh, within the next, I would say, at least next ten years, we're gonna see somebody walk on Mars. Yeah. Um, I know that for a fact. So. Yeah. And in the grand scheme of things, it's not so long. No. No. So. so. But, um, yeah, with that said, I think I'm getting pretty close to the bottom of my Bloody Mary. Oh, I'm at the bottom. My ice has melted, so I'm yeah. pretty much just at tomato juice at this point. But, uh, yeah, so we will be back with you in a minute after our break. Yep. 
um, with a different beverage, Sunday brunch. <laughs> you know how we do it. Yeah. Um, we'll have another beverage and uh, talk about some more interesting space news and happenings. With that, we'll be back in a minute. filled on two new beverages for our Sunday afternoon recording session. This is a space-themed beer called Haze Force Intergalactic Hazy IPA. And it is delicious. It's quite very good. good. Very good. Like yeah. Very Gri- uh, citrusy. Yeah. yeah hazy, hazy IPA, kind yeah. of that style. Griffin Claw Brewing Company in Birmingham, Michigan, over on the east side of the state. Um, yeah, it's really good. Six percent. Yep, six percent. It is Packs uh, a little bit of a punch. Yeah, Maybe it's not too much. The New England style IPA that is commonly seen nowadays. Yeah, I think most everybody who is into brewing has tried making one of these. As far as all the local ones are concerned, yep. I like it. It's got I like cool, it. Yeah, cool logo. It's got the Griffin Claw logo blasting off into space. Yep. Um, pretty neat. Kind of like a Star Wars themed font. Yeah, definitely um, tasty. I like it a lot. Yeah, Haze Force. Haze Force. And we, like, there seems to be, we were just talking, there seems to be a lot of space themed, like, yeah. space themed beers. It's very. Uh, works out for yeah, us. It works out really well for us. So, yeah, it we does. will continue to hunt them down. Yeah, one, as soon as we think they're out uh, and we've gone through each and every one of them, boom, here, here's a new one. Yep. Or we'll just crack a Coors. Yeah. Coors Light. That's space themed. It's silver. Yeah. It looks like a space yeah. spaceship. That's what I had on the day of the eclipse at 9 a.m. Yeah. Yep, me too. Yep. Can't beat it. Um, so yeah, we're, we're sipping on this one. Comes in a 16-ounce can. Uh, easy drinking. Yep. Enjoy, enjoyable. Pick yourself up a four-pack at your local store if you live in Michigan. Or two. Or two. Or three. Four. Yeah. Make four four-packs. There you go. Lovell was getting a little antsy towards the end of the uh, first half of this podcast, but yeah. we think we've calmed him down now. So he was getting a little bit antsy, trying to trying to play with his toys, trying to you know <laughs> jumping around, jumping around, and all that kind of stuff. But now we we've calmed him down. We'll go for a walk after this. We've calmed the beast. Yep. He's uh, sitting in my lap now, so I think we're good. Yep. But um, yeah, moving back into the space news. Um, Interesting, just when we thought the aftermath or the fallout of Elon Musk's uh, questionable decision-making smoking marijuana on the Joe Rogan podcast, uh, as soon as we thought that was over, the fire starts up again. Yep. The blunt has been relit. (laughs) (laughs) The blunt has been relit. Um, So, unfortunately for Elon Musk, you know, the fallout with everything related to his... um, his, his appearance on the Joe Rogan podcast, it really was rather limited. Um, there, was, there was some some stuff with Tesla, I think, that kind of happened where he had uh, some issues with that. But that was more related to his um, falsifying information to the shareholders via yeah. some tweets and stuff. Yeah, It was all kind of a combination. We talked about this before on the podcast. His, uh, he's kind of on a skid for a bit there, at least yeah. socially. 
Yeah. Like he was just not making the best decisions as a leader. No. Um, no. So as a result, though, of his uh, smoking pot on really to the whole world, uh, like we said before, the act is like who cares, whatever, but it's just the professionalism side of it. Yeah. Um, and NASA's uh, higher ups have taken note of that. And as of just recently, as of a few days ago, they have uh, decided that they're going to launch a safety review of SpaceX and Boeing, actually. Boeing being the other of the two companies that, that NASA has contracted to allow NASA astronauts to fly on their behalf. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be a safety review of both of those in the upcoming year. Um, but it, it is it has been declared publicly that it is a direct result of Elon. Okay. Right. So, um, so they're just going to be basically... Uh... Yeah, looking into, you know, okay, if you're acting this way, we're not going to, in general, we don't trust you. So we're going to basically do a, a, you know, deep dive into what, what it is safety, if there's any standards that are not being met as far as safety and all that kind of stuff, if we're going to continue to use your service, your your rockets, you know, so yeah, I I think think basically they're, that's what it is. I mean, that's what I can tell. I mean... More or less, like a, it's a trust thing, you know. If, it, if you're going to sure. act like that, then it's going to be like, okay, well, maybe we need to do a little bit close, closer look at. Because we're yeah, we're you contracting know. you to provide us spacecraft to put our NASA guys and, and NASA men and women up into space for us. Yeah, that's a big that's a big contract. Um, oh yeah, and they have every right to uh, kind of question his decision making. A lot of people have been I've I saw on Twitter a lot of people were coming out in Elon's defense saying. Well, this think about what this man has accomplished. Think about how what he's done to revolutionize the automobile market, and what he's done with Falcon Heavy and all these sorts of things. And you know, why would we ever question him? And I think that's a, a bit of an irresponsible take mm-hmm. because what you're not considering is human lives. Like, if you're gonna send a dude up uh, on top of Falcon Heavy, um, NASA would want every reason to believe that it's the most safe. Yeah, uh, safely built rocket. Um, all the protocols as far as launch procedures are safe. That's more what they're concerned about. They're they're not concerned about his ability to become. You know, like he obviously has a brilliant mind. He yeah. can do things that are uh, unprecedented in the space game, which has been very clear in the last ten years. Yeah, it's more or less we're going to. It says here they're planning on interviewing like just hundreds of people at SpaceX down from the summer intern up to the, you know, executive board. They want to just know like, what is the, how does this company function and are we okay with it? Um, because apparently their leader is very lax about, yeah, it's pretty much just like a big audit (laughs) of the entire company just to see, you know, I'm sure what, you know, I, I think what it was is just some, it was a stupid thing that he did, but I, I, I don't have any doubt in my mind that they're doing everything to the book. For sure. You know, there's Absolutely. no, there's no corners being cut with as far as the spacecraft is concerned. I don't believe there could be something that they find or there could be something that they don't like. Um, but I, I think they're, you know. But hey, I, look at I, you know. look at the Falcon Heavy. That thing pretty much went flawlessly. Yeah. Obviously, they're they're taking a lot into consideration when they launch space vehicles. And yeah, I think it's one of those things too where they're they're trying to see like 
one of the things I saw, they, they want to just audit like the company culture. Because if they go in there and, you know, as as marijuana legalization becomes more and more prevalent, I mean, it just got legalized in our state, our home state. That still, that doesn't mean that you can just go smoking pot at work. And I think that's their concern. Their concern is not like that he smoked pot. It's that he's doing that and sending maybe an example. Like, do they have a drug policy at work? Like, yeah. Or do you have people in their offices just like high all the time? Yeah. Um, I don't doubt that they do have a, a strict protocol because I've, yeah. I've known, like our, my friend Chandler interviewed there and he said it was crazy. The types of things that he had to go through throughout the interview process. Yeah. But that's what they want to know. Yeah. Um, active, like they want a company culture. It says here, quote from NASA, actively promoting workplace safety. Um, and they're, they want a conf- they want in confidence that there is a comprehensive drug free workforce with workplace programs that exceed all applicable. Uh, applicable contractual requirements yeah so yeah that that's uh that it's an interesting bit of news though because it does show that um a one hit of a joint and a sip of whiskey on a joe rogan podcast can transcend oh yeah uh pretty quickly it doesn't it's not just like oh the people that heard the podcast or whatever like what we said that's a nationally syndicated podcast as, as far as it's being recorded like live on video. It's on YouTube. It's all this. What? It's not gonna just. It's not like he he came on our podcast and did that. Yeah. Um, it's a big time deal, and I think that's uh that's one of the issues that they have. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not just uh, you know, it, when you're dealing with something like this and you have uh, a government funded space agency like using your rockets and all that yeah. and and you don't want to mess around with that like uh-uh. you don't want to give them the wrong image and i think that's what exactly what happened and um it's just uh i think going forward he's gonna have to be a lot more careful with what uh the kind of things that he does and, and says but i mean that yeah it could, may or may not happen but i think it's very responsible on nasa's part to go and do this but yeah uh and i think it's more or less to scare the shit out of everybody and say okay well yeah we're not going to take something like that lightly yeah uh, we're not going to act like children and you know this is a serious thing um so i think yeah. i think it's a good thing because i think overall it kind of i respect nasa for doing it i do too um so i think i think it kind of has to happen and i think it's uh, you know that kind of shows that somebody's got some balls and is going to stand up and say well no we're going to do a full-on audit and we're going to see just exactly what the story is behind, you know, SpaceX and yeah. make sure it's a legit operation. Right. Um, I think obviously part of me thinks maybe they should have done that even to begin with anyway. Yeah. I'm wondering, I'm guessing but, they do have some auditing procedure, yeah. but that it does seem uh, that it, it, it's happening as well. Not like people I think online are freaking out later. Like, oh, oh, you know, he just hit a joint that like, well, no, it's that. Plus, he had all the issues with Tesla, where he's going on Twitter saying he's going to take the company private, and like that's a huge issue. He's that's falsifying shirt. That's a that's a crime. Like you can't, yeah. you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. Uh, if you're a publicly traded company, you can't just be like willy nilly about what you say. Yeah. And so it's it's at the combination of all these things where yeah. where someone in NASA is like, okay, this guy is going to Thailand to help a cave rescue and calling the leader of the cave rescue a pedophile. Yeah, and then he's going on Twitter and saying he's going to take his, his one of his primary companies private, 
and then he's smoking pot. Like it's just a con- I I have no problem with NASA doing it. And no. People are like, well, like why is it, why are they spending? Because I think the audit it said it was going to cost like eight million dollars. It's going to cost a lot of money because it's going to be it's time. You know, time is money. It's it's a lot of employees at NASA going out to Tesla, doing interviews, doing complete audits from top to bottom. It's going to cost them a lot of money and time, but it's well worth it. And it's yeah. for someone to be like, oh well. They should be building rockets instead. That's just that's a naive approach. That's yeah. a, that's someone who doesn't understand um, the the nuances of the space industry. I don't think. Yeah, I also feel like it's um, for NASA. They kind of have to do this to cover their own ass too. Um, yeah. And and uh, to some degree, just to say, you know, we're gonna take proactive measures to make sure that, you know, if we're gonna send people on on a, a SpaceX rocket or if we're going to continue to send cargo supplies to the space station uh, on a SpaceX rocket, then we're, you know, it's like any any other thing, you know, if, if something happens in the politics, the president always says, well, okay, we're going to, you know, do an investigation on it. It's like just a PR, it, more or less like it's, it's a, there's two aspects to it. It's one, to make them look like they're being responsible on their end and looking into it. Yep. And two, to actually, you know, figure out if, the, if there really is something going on that shouldn't be going on and they maybe shouldn't be partnering with them or whatever. So yeah. I, I have no doubt that, like, it, this will come out okay and it'll be fine. I think, I don't think there's going to be any issue because yeah. I think there's probably people from NASA on site at SpaceX all the time anyway. Right. Um, so I don't, I think it's more or less to be politically just, correct and do what they have to do yeah. to you know cover their own bases with it but and be um, responsible yeah. yeah so i think it'll be fine but anyhow i mean yeah it, i mean definitely a, 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 a hump in the road as far as uh, the progression of everything but yeah and spacex is being you know. cool about it too i, I think e, like elon probably totally understands i mean we had talked about even in that podcast when he was you know making not the greatest decision there he was if you listen to the podcast, like a few minutes after, uh, Joe Rogan notices that Elon is like on his phone, kind of like disengaged from the conversation, and he goes, "Well, Elon, is everything okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, people are just texting me, like const- like he just was blowing up his phone. People were like so upset with him, you know, people that probably are close to him, or fellow executive board members are like, what the hell are you doing? Do you like?" Um, so they released a statement that said, "Quote." Human spaceflight is the core mission of our company. There is nothing more important to SpaceX than this endeavor. We take seriously the responsibility that NASA has entrusted us to safely and reliably carry American astronauts to and from the ISS and future missions. So mm. they'll, they'll be willing to, to let whatever needs to happen, happen. Yeah. Um, I think... Uh, yeah, so so far this year it's launched it's launched 18 rockets which tied the record of their launches from last year. So up until now SpaceX really hadn't had any issues with the fallout of all the stuff with like Tesla has been dealing with um, which was good to hear, but now they're going to have a little bit of a I don't know if it'll be a true setback, but it'll definitely be something to follow up on. Yeah. Um kind of interesting that they're going to go ahead and do Boeing too. Just they might as well, I guess, if they're if they're gonna if they're gonna do one of their contracted space flight um, companies, they might as well do it the other. 
because the awarded contracts in 2014 were 4.2 billion to Boeing and 2.6 billion to SpaceX. So that's a lot of money. And honestly, the people that are saying, well, why, why isn't the government spending money and time building the rocket, you know, the Orion, whatever, instead of auditing this? Well, there's the money right there. Yeah. That is a combined, you know, $7, million, $7 billion that they could just be throwing around if they weren't responsible with it, with an audit like this. Yeah, exactly. So when I was reading on, I, like I was kind of flipping through Twitter, people were like trying, because people think, you know, Elon is the... The, just the savior of everything like yeah. which i get that he's a genius and he's done a ton for the space program but he's not he's not the only person involved like, no, and there's a no. lot of he can't just be the only guy so no he's got to have people that make it happen make he's all of his the ideas happen and yeah he's got the he's got the fan base because he's he is an eccentric person and yeah. he does have that characteristic like that I guess you could call it charm. Kind of funny because he doesn't seem like a particularly charming guy. When you yeah. hear him talk, he's kind of monotone. But yeah. he has that like, I don't know, people like to like him, I guess. Mm. But um, the uh, aftermath of this audit will be probably towards the end of next year. Uh, we'll see what happens. Because it's not going to start until 2019. Oh, okay. January 2019. Well, we'll we will see. We shall see. We shall see indeed. Yeah. So um, that's that. On to the next part here where we are going to talk about Orion, which is kind of ironic. We were just talking about people complaining about, well, why isn't, happen why isn't anything happening with Orion and Explor Exploration Mission 1? That's because they're just not paying close enough attention. There is a lot happening um, with, uh, with that. It might be a little bit behind schedule. Yeah, but I I think uh, I think in partially the, the I mean most of the reason is just because of funding, but yeah. and also because the funding is a lot lower, they're taking their time making sure everything's safe and ready to go. So they're doing and there's a lot more technology now where they can do a lot more testing on the ground as opposed to launching rockets constantly. Yeah. So uh, money saving. Yeah. Yeah, before there the technology there wasn't really a ton of technology for real accurate testing. There were there was still testing, but it wasn't like to the degree that we have now. So I think now they're doing a lot more on the ground as far as testing. They're taking their time, and we also have the European Space Agency that's also helping with everything. I mean, they're they're basically you know they're we have other countries working on one part of the spacecraft as, as opposed to everything being made it you know at Kennedy Space Center right um, in the vehicle assembly building so the Orion capsule is actually the actual finished Orion capsule is been completed um, they've done a lot more testing with that um, they did a I think they actually did a, a landing test um, not too um, not too long ago uh, and then they they also now I think they actually have the full-on capsule finalized version done, uh, and then just at, towards the early month of November, uh, the European European Space Agency actually shipped from Germany um, the actual service module yep. for that. So for the actual capsule, so. 
the pieces are coming together, um, and they're, the first test launch is supposed to be for EM1, supposed to be um, 2020. Yeah, mid-2020. Yeah, with the goal. Flight. Yeah, with the actual goal of having a, a manned test flight around the moon, just basically there and back, without going into orbit, um, by 2023, possibly. So Yeah. Interestingly, yeah. that's the same year that the Dear Moon project is supposed to figurate the moon so yeah. we'll see if which one of those actually comes to fruition yeah as far as uh that's concerned because yeah it will be interesting to see here bremen germany was the site of the Euro european space agency agency's uh construction of that service module sent over earlier this month like you said 2020 yeah. and then not too actual, far away well and then when i um so a couple years ago when i went to uh, nasa and langley they they were telling us it would be, you know, basically this year um, when they were going to do the first test flight of EM-1. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, things have obviously been delayed. Maybe uh, but a year and a half or so behind. Yeah, so a little bit delayed, but um, I think there was delays with, I think the service module was delayed um, and everything like, as far as that goes. So, they at that point, they got their hands tied um, as far as, you know, when they're going to be able to do anything. But... Because they're not actually, you know, NASA's not the one making everything. Right. Uh, which I think is good because it's more more of a, a worldwide kind of effort to get people back in into deep space. But For sure. Um, I think uh, hopefully they'll be on track for the first flight in mid-2020. And then 2023 is when they actually, the goal is to have people on board. So, um for the test flight around the moon be but, pretty cool yeah so there's still a ton going on it's just i think it's like be little baby steps i think people are like used to having like the whole apollo thing where it was like you know basically the risks were all over the place because it was more yeah. just a different era different setting yeah, and, within 10 you know, years they had someone on the moon yeah so, so I think, kind of unfathomable at like as far as today's uh, so, like society and the way things function today, the risks would just be, you can't even fathom how how yeah. much risk was involved back in those days. I mean, they basically would, you know, make something, test it once, unmanned, if it launched, okay, then they'd put people on it. Yeah. Essentially. I mean, and then from there, you know, they, they'd, you know, with the Saturn V, they tested it in, in Earth orbit, then they just... They actually were going to, Apollo 8 was going to be an Earth orbital, and they sent it to the moon. They just, you know, mm -hmm. last minute said, no, let's go to the moon. So, yeah. Pretty crazy. And I think that just had a lot to do with the era and the Cold War and all that kind of stuff. But Yeah, there was um, a lot of pressure to, yeah. to be there first. So That but, is interesting because, you know, you think then the Cold War was such a big deal where it really did progress technology, you know, at the cost of a lot of paranoia and a lot of, um, you know, scares across our nation as far as, like, the Russians are going to launch a nuclear missile at us. But if you look at what came out of that race for space or anything, really, a lot of interesting technology from that, yeah, from that era. Well, technology that hadn't even been invented until then, you know. Right. A lot of new stuff that even... Like, you know, from the, that ten-year time span, a lot of stuff was invented that didn't even exist. So yeah, yep, it's huge. But anyway, Orion is coming along. Uh, EM1 set for mid 2020. Um, 
So just a couple years away, but yeah, it's really not um, that far. Mid twenty twenty. Yeah, so that'll be uh, unmanned, and then we'll look forward to the manned one coming up in twenty twenty three. But hopefully, you know, barring any uh, further delay, but not, which I'm sure there'll probably be something, but um, it'll be a huge deal when that thing launches, and then. On top of that, we have uh, obviously uh, the BFR to look forward to as well. So, um, and that'll be right around the time, same time frame, I think. Yeah. So. Twenty twenty three. Yeah, twenty twenty three. You know, and I'm sure they'll do a test flight before then. Um, but we will see. We will see. Yeah. I, I have faith. The, the Orion program the, will be. Yeah. A atop successful. the uh, SLS Black One yeah. rocket, um, the pieces are literally and figuratively coming together um but yeah it's a massive rocket it is it's huge it's it's basically the same size as a saturn V. right yeah um which is the same as like the bfr but yeah the, it'll be the, huge the dawn of massive rockets is upon us yeah and then the uh the capsule itself is like that's the one thing that on that compared to like the Apollo capsule, it, it's literally twice as big. Yeah. Like the Apollo capsule compared to the Orion capsule is the Apollo capsule is like a small vacation home. Yep. You know, it's like the phone booth of a Apollo capsule compared to like a small home. So. A tiny uh, house. Yeah, a tiny house. Well, just because it's meant for more people, but you know. Um, and the crazy thing is, is like I just think about like the different technology that they're going to be able to put inside of the Orion and not and use like a fraction of the space. Yeah. Because you think about the computer and the Apollo capsule and how small that was for the time, and how they had to cram that all in to that capsule, but how little it could do really. It could pack. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. So now you can pack that same thing into. Uh, yeah. Um, a one hundredth of that space probably, and it could do twice as much. Yeah, literally three times as much. But so we'll see. Yeah, exciting times. Well, very very exciting. And then it, it's cool too. Just like I said, the dawn of large rockets is upon us. Meaning like there are some giant rockets coming. The the SLS Block One, the BFR we've talked about. Blue Origin has their new Glenn rocket, which I'm just on their website right now. It's as big as the BFR. It looks just like the BFR. The Blue Origin being the uh, Jeff Bezos company, Amazon funded. That's that's like that's the crazy thing is that we're gonna have these massive rockets that are gonna be like, I don't know. Up until now, we've only had like the Saturn V, and that was how many years ago? And now we're gonna have. It's gonna be like a <coughs> private, you know, like space race kind of thing. Yeah. It's gonna be like outside of like NASA. You know, being a, a governmentally, you know, government operation, but it's going to be very interesting to see what all comes of this. If there's going to be, you know, some kind of a space race between SpaceX and Blue Origin and all that, but yeah, you, you got yeah. United Launch Alliance as well with Delta Two, uh, all the Delta series rockets. They're yeah. they're also crazy. The uh, what is the the Vulcan Centaur is their big one. United Launch Alliance, it looks like the BFR kind of. I mean, they all, they all. I guess I'm saying they look like the BFR as in they're all the same style, right? Yeah. I don't mean to say that the BFR was the, the one and only main design and they're all copying each other. I think they're all working independently of each other. They just all probably realize... Actually, what's interesting too about the Vulcan Centaur is it has the... You know how United Launch Alliance does the four boosters? Yeah. And then the big, like, 
they kind of just do it that way. That the same thing on this one. Yeah. Um, so they all have their different quirks, um, but yeah, the Blue Origin one can land itself just like the BFR can. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah, it's a great time to be alive. Yeah, the uh, the BFR. The first time I glanced at that, um, just when they were coming out with like the Dear Moon thing, and they were gonna send a, a, a group of people up to the moon, and like the first like animation of the actual BFR reminded me of like the the actual like service module where the actual the people will be looks yeah. a lot like a space shuttle. Mm-hmm. To a degree, um, similar to the space shuttle. Yeah, it's an or, uh, some form yeah. of orbiter. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting, but it obviously uh, is much larger, um, but definitely resembles the space shuttle a little bit. But and that's what's yeah. cool about the BFR is that 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 second stage is it not only an orbiter like the space shuttle was, but it's it's like its own thing. Like whereas if you look at the Blue Origins New Glenn. It's a it's like the Falcon Heavy, where the top of it is just a big fairing. The fairing splits open, and there's a payload inside. Yeah, that payload could be. Um, they have uh, the New Shepard is what they call their manned capsule. So they could put their manned capsule in there within that fairing, and that fairing could split open, and the capsule could go. Yeah, but uh, BFR is unique in that way, where it's got its own like self-propelled orbiter that can land, do whatever it needs to do. Yeah, so. But yeah, it is kind of cool. Like uh, United Launch Alliance is theirs is very similar to Blue Origins, where it's got the big fairing up top, holding a massive payload, whatever they want, pretty much send it on up. Speaking of payloads, let's check in on Starman. True that. Yeah, I haven't heard from him. He isn't uh, running in in a while. Where is Roadster.com? We still got to get this guy on the podcast sometime. We do. What's the guy's name? I forget. Um, we've talked about this website a, a couple times. It's always fun to check in every few months to see where where Starman is in his Tesla Roadster. He is currently 195,458,700 Oh, sorry, 800 and, Nope, it's 900. That's how fast he's moving. 195 million and counting miles. I'll just call it that. Uh, from Earth, moving away at a speed of 29,756 29, miles per hour. Holy cow. Took me a second to read that number because I was impressed at the how large it was. Um, so, Roadster is not quite to Uranus yet, like as far as like distance away. Is yeah, it, it's is stuck... It's stuck in like a solar 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 centric orbit. Yeah, so, so he's gonna be basically looping back around. He'll be looping back around. Yeah, he currently is uh, pretty far away from everything. He's it's not anywhere near Mars, Earth, Mercury, Venus, or any anywhere over there. It's on its own solar centric orbit around the sun, um, which is kind of cool. It's like doing its own thing, uh, moving away. It's so it is actually almost. I guess almost as in uh, space terms, it's almost equidistant from Mars as it is to Earth. Really? It's 100, 195 million miles from Earth. It's 142 million miles from Mars. And it's moving away from both. So it's moving away from Earth at a speed of 29,750 um, miles per hour. 
But then it's going to loop back around. It's moving away from Mars at a speed of 18,704 miles per hour. Okay. It's 154, 154 million miles away from the sun, moving towards the sun at 1 point, or 1,672 miles per hour. Um, these are the facts that I love to read. The car has it. The car has it exceeded its thirty-six thousand mile warranty ten thousand nine hundred times. <laughs> um, it's pretty awesome. The orbital period is about five hundred fifty-seven days. Interesting. So it takes five hundred fifty-seven days for it to orbit the sun. Wonder how he figured that out. Yeah, that is kind of. I don't know how you would even pinpoint where he is right now, honestly. Yeah. This guy must be... He's a mathematician. He must knew, know what he's doing here, but... It has been 9 months, 18 days, and 22 hours, 40, 48 minutes, and 41 seconds since launch. Yep. It's crazy to think that that was 9 months ago. It's The vehicle has traveled far enough to drive all the world's roads 17.4 times. Crazy. That's insane. It's a lot of travel. That's crazy. This guy, whoever this guy is, we we do need to talk to him. Yeah, I uh, let me look him look him up here. Uh, ben Pearson, founder of Oldham Media, the creator of Where Is Roadster. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. All the different uh, techni techniques he has used using math and um, physics and whatnot to create some calculations. So current data he is using comes from JPL um, Horizons, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory's Horizon system. It says it's an online solar system data and um, comp or online solar system computation service that provides access to key solar system data and flexible production of highly accurate um, solar system objects. So he's using that system as his basis for like how, I mean, he obviously is doing the calculation based on um, the launch, yeah. which is where Starman is, but he's using this horizon system provided by the Jet Propulsion Laboratory as kind of like a overlay yeah. of his data. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, we'll see if we can get this guy on. So he got actually relatively close to the point where he could... He was actually very close to Mars. Yeah, like it he, was. Yeah, it got to the point where, like, he was... It was pretty close. It yeah. didn't... It wasn't going to catch into orbit. Um, but, yeah. So it says that this guy, Ben Pearson, his background... Graduated from the University of Arizona with a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering in 2007 and a master's degree in 2010. He's been working with aerospace technology since 2005. He joined a student satellite program at the University of Arizona, and he has worked with the high-rise camera on the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter and with commercial satellites as well. So he's done a lot with space. Roadster got quite close to uh, Venus as well, it looks like. Yeah, it's made its rounds. Close approaches. Are you on that page? Yeah. 
I'm just checking out like the simulation of the orbits and all that. It looks yeah. like we got pretty close to Venus. But obviously, like this simulation, you know, it could be, you never know how real, really far away it was. But based on like the actual orbit, it looked like it was pretty close. Kind of interesting. On February 21st, 2019, so almost exactly a year after its launch, it will have reached its far, far point from Earth based on its solar-centric orbit. So it'll be um, 2.4 angstroms away, which yeah. is ridiculous. The, there's a close approach of Earth, though, on What's November it? 5th, 2020. Or no, yeah, November 5th, 2020 is when it kind of circles back around to being somewhat close to Earth. 0.346 It gets angstroms. really close to Mars in September of 2020. Yeah. It intersects with Mars. I don't know. It looks like it does. It looks like September 2019. Look, gets pretty close to Mars. But yeah, it's a um, very interesting website to, to play around with. Check it out. Where is Roadster.com? We'll try to get the founder of it, Ben Pearson, maybe on the podcast at some point. Um, he is looking like uh, based on what I can see here is a very intelligent person yeah we should have something go out and capture Roadster <laughs> when it gets <laughs> just close. a straight up mission yeah just a mission to rescue Roadster that would be pretty cool it'd be like uh, the Gemini mission that it, Neil was on yeah but it's also pretty cool to uh, just the fact that it's like just gonna be hanging out he's just gonna be chilling in a Roadster yeah driving around what was the driving he, around deep space? Yeah, he usually has. Uh, I thought he usually has like how many times he's Starman has listened to. Oh yeah, assuming the battery in the car or assuming the battery and the payload still works, Starman has listened to Space Oddity seventy nine thousand three hundred eighty times in his one year, and is there life on Mars one hundred six thousand nine hundred sixty times in his other year so i'm seeing right here unless it's like i don't know what like the different orbit is like but september 23rd 2020 it looks like it's going to be really close like to mars like almost like intersecting with mars yeah i think the only thing is it let me see it has it i don't know i think it might be Close approach to Mars, October 7th, 2020. Okay. It's pretty close, yeah, October 7th. And then it's going to be catching up to us. Yeah, if you actually, it'll get pretty, like, 0.05 angstroms away from Mars on October 7th, which which equates to... um, In space terms, not that far. Astronomical point oh five astronomical units is four million six hundred forty-seven thousand seven hundred ninety miles, which really isn't that far. No. So it'll get pretty close to Mars on uh, October seventh, twenty twenty, and then it'll continue to get closer to us after that. Yeah. November into the next month, month. A month or so later, it will be point yeah. three four six astronomical units away. Yeah, which is obviously quite a bit further, but still, in celestial terms, three hundred twenty-one million or sorry, three thirty-two million one hundred sixty-two thousand seven hundred nine miles from Earth. Yeah. So, uh, 
I'm curious to see how far away Saturn distance from Earth in miles. So Saturn is 746 million miles away from Earth. Yeah. And so if it's going to be 32 million miles away from Earth, if you with the right kind of telescope with those massive ones that they have that can track like real fast like yeah. they could they could probably catch them. Oh yeah. In their sights. If we have if we have telescopes that can find remember that asteroid that came through from the other solar system? Yeah. If they can see that, they'll yeah. be able to see Starman. That that'll be pretty cool. Wonder if they'll be able to if it'll just be a little blob of light or if it'll even be visible at all. Yeah. I guess there's not a lot of reflective surface on the payload. No. So that's the thing. But yeah, it's not it's not really reflecting a lot of light. But it would you know, either way it's kinda cool. He's coming back around in his solar centric orbit. Listening to so, yeah. space object. So he'll actually it'll be very close. Like if you if you had a camera, if you were sitting in, next to him in the Tesla on October 7th, 2020, yeah, Mars would be like, you'd feel like he'd be able to throw a rock at it. Yeah. He'd be pretty close. Yeah. As far as uh, being able to space, see the yeah. planet, you know. Yeah. Um, you would definitely be able to see it clearly. I'm trying to see... What would Earth look like from 32 million miles away? This is pretty cool, actually. You'd be able to see Earth, too, yeah. Because how far is the moon away from Earth? Moon distance from Earth. 238,000 miles, so yeah. You'd be able to see a little sliver of the Earth, I think. Who knows though? What's the what does it look like? So it's thirty two million miles. I I don't think this is an accurate. This is from forty million. A, a uh, it's a um, kind of dramatization. Animation. Yeah, animation. A little two little bright spots: the Earth yeah. and the Moon. So you could you'd be close. You'd be see, you could see it. Yeah, you could see it as a bright spot. Yeah, it'll be close. It's crazy to think though that like this view. This was taken from Osiris REX satellite. Oh yeah. Forty million miles away from Earth. That this is what Starman would see. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's how far away he is. Tesla Roadster. That's crazy. It is. It is cool to think that uh, human beings have can do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or to think that you know Voyager is well beyond our solar system. Yeah. It's yeah, pr he's pretty awesome. Exited. He's like basically left the bubble of uh, of our sun. Um, crazy, crazy. Yeah. It's exciting stuff. Hopefully, uh, someday we'll get an actual person out there. But yeah. So for right now, we've got Starman to keep track of, but yeah. we'll. Uh, We'll keep we'll keep tabs on Starman every few months. It's uh, worthwhile to do. Kind of yeah. fun to see where he's at, but um, but yeah, that's all the space news we have for this for this month. Pretty action packed. 
Yeah. Uh, all, all in all. And definitely cool. we will be back at you for episode 16 next month. Probably probably do it sometime around the holidays. Yep. Um, I shoot to do it around there. So Yeah. So uh, if we don't if we don't talk to you before Christmas, if you celebrate Christmas, have a happy Christmas. If you don't celebrate celebrate Christmas, have a happy Hanukkah, etc. Um, have a good time. Have a good time. <laughs> happy <laughs> holidays. Yeah, happy holidays. There you go. That's yep. a good universal term. Yep. And uh yeah, feel free to follow us on our social media outlets. We'd love to have some interaction from from folks that listen um, on our Twitter at Eclipse on Tap or our Instagram, which is also at Eclipse on Tap. Or if you don't use social media or you want to check out our website, EclipseOnTap.space is where you can find us. Um, you can check out all of our our details there and. If you really don't like using either of those, you can email us at eclipseontap at gmail.com. Yep. Send us a photo. Send us a shout out. Um, we'd like to hear from people that listen. Yep. Um, we're we'd gonna, like, yeah. We'd like to uh, revive the uh, eclipse, eclipse anytime we can. So if there's uh, anybody has a, a photo or anything like that or video of the eclipse, um, yeah, and then the anticipation of 2024 is... Is still it's coming it's ramping yeah. up. It'll it will continue to ramp for the next six years. It will. It will. It will. I mean, it is weird though, because like you go to Barnes and Noble, we went right after the eclipse happened, and they had all those books about the eclipse, the totality and everything. Yeah. And now they're not there anymore. Yeah. It's like everyone just doesn't care about it. No. Anymore. But we, that's why we're here. That's why that's, we're doing what we do. Exactly. Um, to try to keep the keep the excitement building. Because 2024, I mean, really is the next big eclipse where everyone has access, where it's not going to require special travel. It's not, well, it will, it will require travel for at least us that are interested in going down to, let's say, Texas. Yeah. But it's not like you're going to have to go across the globe. No. It's within your, uh, within your country, so to yeah. speak. Within and, your uh, grasp. Yeah. yeah. Within a flight away. And, and it, it's going to be amazing. 2024 yeah. is going to be amazing. 2024 is going to be potentially better than uh, this last one. It yeah. won't be a, a twice full, as long. Yeah, it won't be a full. Uh, uh, you know, it won't cross the whole country, but it'll be twice as long. The path of totality is that much wider. So I'm looking forward to that. Every yeah, day so I go to bed, I look. <laughs> yeah, I dream of we totality. Keep it, we keep it going. And what's yep. funny now, I've had friends uh, who didn't. Maybe who did see the totality the first time, or many that didn't, who are all about getting like a caravan to go down. Like Andy Burstein, my friend from uh, NASCAR, has uh, has said, "Let's get something going. Let's all go to Texas or whatever." And I said, "Yeah, that's what we're planning on." Yeah. Because I don't want to go anywhere in the Midwest if it's April. No. It's gonna be cold, first of all. Yeah. That that really is the main thing. Even if it was a bright sunny day, it's still gonna be cold. You gotta um, go. I think we gotta go to Texas. Texas, like It'll San be, Antonio area. Yeah. It'll uh, be clear there. It's more fun anyway. Then you make a little vacation out of it. You make a trip. You go to somewhere you haven't been before, maybe. At least in my case, I haven't been to Texas. Yeah. And um, yeah, check out somewhere new. So, so feel free to send us photos of your eclipse experience from 2017. You might think that other people don't care about it, but we do. Uh, we're not letting it die out. No. We want to keep the eclipse uh, excitement. Uh, well fueled all the way for the next 
several years, all the way going up to 2024. So, uh, yeah, with that said, we will catch up with you next month, December. Yep. Crazy. The year is Episode almost 16. over. Episode uh, 16. Year 2018 is almost over. Yep. Um, but have a have a safe and happy holidays, uh, and we will catch up with you then. See ya. Cheers. Mm-hmm.